You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. In this episode of Carly's Couch, we're discussing some of the most important lessons that we've learned in business. Hello, happy Monday. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Hope you're feeling well. Um, Shout out from the actual couch this time. Sometimes you got to switch it up a little bit. Um, (laughs) So we are on the sofa with our special guest, Marvel the Great. Kyle's going to hate that. I'm dog sitting. Um, This is basically my child, my support animal. (laughs) Um, Kyle's going to be like, see, that's why she should have been in her bed while you was recording. But... um, I spoil her, so sorry about that. So while Marvel is chewing on my fingers, we are going to talk about business in this episode and just kind of give you some of our like top valuable lessons that we've learned um, having dealt with business. Um, I feel like whether you're just in business, starting a business, it's all applicable. It's all about like relationships and being able to move forward with ideas, work mm-hmm. with other people. It's so many things that go into it. Um, so this is for you. You don't have to be a business owner, but uh, whether you're at your job and it's like, you know, just lessons still that can help you move through your day or to move up or whatever it might be. Um, or if you're trying to grow your own thing, this should be a valuable episode for you. Yeah. And I'm excited because I feel like between us, we have like 17, almost 17, 18 years of entrepreneur, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship experience. And I had a few in corporate before then. So, yeah, it's definitely like lessons from across the board. And it's funny, too, like how you can like be in business, air quote, for a decade and still be learning stuff every day (laughs) day. Um, and or like still not know everything at all. And like, you know, not even feel like, you know, you know, everything that you could know. Um, So that's actually probably a good lesson there, too, because even when we think about folks that we might consider to be like these big tycoons, Elon Musk and stuff, and it's like oh man, actually you're kind of a loser. Like, you know, like you still don't know everything you think, you know. Um, so just because also somebody may be, uh, deemed successful or whatever in a particular business, um, doesn't mean that that person just like has all the keys, but in my business journey, I would say, and, and I feel like for sure with you too, Carly, you can add on to it. I feel like I've learned most of the things that I've learned by like studying other business leaders or reading other books, watching, videos, things like that. And so it is valuable just to share lessons with each other. Um, and it can help you to make better decisions. I'm sure it saved me a lot of mistakes, just trying to, you know, do something the way somebody else did. And then as we're going to talk about there, sometimes you got to go on your own path. So kind of recognizing how to apply other people's stories is valuable in business as I guess with life too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's super important. And I'm going to go back to the other point, like just because someone is quote unquote successful in business, like does not mean that they're the smartest, the most um adept at whatever they're doing mm-hmm. all of that they just might have had the right series like sometimes it just mean they had the right loan <laughs> like to right be honest to give them bread or right. whatever like just because because i see a lot of tech twitter tweets and like i ain't gonna hold y'all i be rolling my eyes at so many of them it's like you mm-hmm. want to succeed in tech and you got it and it's like all right bro like okay some of while some of that may be applicable it's like it almost seems like you got to jump through hoops and do all this stuff and to be in business and to be good at something, you really don't have to do all that extra stuff. Yeah. And, um, I want to point out too, that we're going to talk about like things that we actually know. Like I'm not about to 
tell you how to make a hundred million dollar business because I don't have that. So all of these lessons are lessons for our, where we are, what we've learned thus far. Um, but things that are good core valuable lessons, like in general, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Carly, let's start with you. I want to uh, hear you kind of talk about what your business journey is and like, what do you do? Like what, what is your experience in business before we go into um, your lessons? Okay. Um, my experience in business, I have an engineering undergrad degree, so that's not really helpful in business. I mean, there are crossover and transferable skills, but it wouldn't be like direct business skills. Um, but I do have a, an MBA from what was at the time, a top 25, top 20 US, a US like MBA school. Um, from USC. And so I studied through all that, was on a bunch of case competition teams and have a very educational background of of business when it comes to that. But like personally, I've been an entrepreneur for this will be, oh, this will be, what is it? Six years, six years, seven years this year. So um, I, I launched Holistically Dope right after I graduated from USC, which is a service and programming business in which I do like social emotional learning, mindfulness, holistic health and wellness for companies. So I go in and I train their leadership teams. I can go in and train school administration and also kids. I work with nonprofits to build out their programming around these tenants. Um, And then within the last year and a half, I launched the product side of my business. And so I have both programming and products experience. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's, um, that's good because do you say one is harder than the other? Or would you have said that one is harder than the other? Um, I think holistically dope which is my service side and then holistic which is the product side holistically dope came more natural to me because i'm a talker (laughs) y'all would listen to a podcast Mm -hmm, it's easy for me mm -hmm. to talk it's easy for me to relate to people products was something i never saw myself venturing in because it can be so time so sometimey and so unpredictable and all over the place but i found so much joy in it and so i'm actually really excited but um services and programs definitely come easier to me yeah i I can see i can see why but then also like on the actual building you know, the business part, like um, still ser- doing a service or speaking isn't necessarily easy, like to, to grow it and scale it per se. Um, that's hard. But it's, of course, it's good to have the skill in the first place to have the business. But yes, yeah, I've heard that it's kind of like that with skiing and snowboarding. They say like mm-hmm. skiing is easier to learn, but harder to master. Snowboarding is easier to learn harder or whatever, vice versa. And I think it's kind of like that for me with businesses. It's easier because I understand the skill, but scaling a programming business is much mm-hmm. harder. Whereas products is like you mad lost in the beginning, but once you get it, it is so much easier to scale, which is, I think, why I'm having more fun right now. <laughs> oh, that's good. So then well, what are some of your lessons that you've learned in business? Um, the first one, and I still got to remind myself of this every single day, is that done is better than perfect. And one of my favorite quotes is, a good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was from some general, uh, general patent maybe, <laughs> but... I think that is so important with anything to just put yourself out there and try. That's not saying you don't do the background work, that you don't work really hard to perfect your formula and all that, but it's that you don't hold yourself back on the premise that something will be perfect in one day mm-hmm. and that it's not good enough to launch until you do. Yeah, that's super hard too. Cause I, over the years I've had so many things that have been started and not finished. I got stuff now that's like started and like the hardest thing to do is to finish it. Um, why would you say that is what makes it hard to like be done with something well because i feel like there's a lot of um fear around it being good enough of it Mm -hmm. serving people the way you want it to serve of of it representing you of what it means if it fails a failure like there's i think there's so many things that keep us from 
launching things in general and we keep iterating and iterating and iterating mm-hmm. and it's like you die and nothing is ever like launched and so when i say done is better than perfect it's like you get your mvp which is minimum viable product you get that done and it's not perfect and it looks a little wonky or whatever it is <laughs> but then you can keep on perfecting from there because what you'll find out whenever you launch anything whether it's program or product is that you're gonna have to iterate, whatever it is. And then mm-hmm. you'll start to learn through your audience and your customers like, oh, actually this is better. Dang, that doesn't work at all. Oh, wow, I didn't think they would like this, mm-hmm. but this is their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And then you start to learn, but you only can do that when you actually launch. So the more you sit there waiting to launch, the less time you have to actually iterate and make something better. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of my operations manager who um, always kind of keeps me in check with that. Cause I'll be like, oh, we should add this and this. We could add that. And she'd be like, yeah, that could be in the 2.0. But like, let's finish this yes. one. And so I'm glad for me, because I think it's just hard to like separate from stuff sometimes, uh, especially if it's like you're on it or it's going like out to the world, like you said. Um, and sometimes you just need somebody else to be like, all right, this is done. <laughs> it is done and take it for you. Um, what's another lesson that you have that you learned in business? Um, well, the last one I'll say with that is so like with products, I had to put myself on a deadline. I was like, look, I'm launching on this mm-hmm. date. I don't care what happens. It could be terrible. It could be whatever. And just do it. Um, and that way you can maximize what, you know, little bit of disposable income you have. And then you can just start to, to learn from there. The second one, and, and this one might be my, one of my biggest lessons probably ever, um, in business is to learn to really trust myself and trust my intuition. Um, when you're launching a business, a lot of times there's not a roadmap, like you can study as much as you want to and do things. Um, but there's not really a roadmap on how to do it clearly or what step goes after the next Mm -hmm. one like it's not a linear process at all it kind of is a roller coaster and then a tangled weave of things and so um you can feel start to feel really unsure of yourself and after i launched my business i noticed i would like listen to mentors or people who told me no you should do this next why are you doing that this should be next and Mm -hmm. and when i listened to them and i didn't listen to myself i noticed that my i felt out of alignment but also stuff just didn't work and it was like, oh, you could actually need to get your LLC first and do all this. It's like, well, I need to get that right now whenever I have all my domains saved and I have all my names on social and I'm actually operating in the business, but I'm not making no bread yet. So I need to spend that extra money doing all these things when I don't have to have that license. And so really trusting your own vision for what you're doing and, and listening to what rings true in your heart. Mm-hmm. I would also um, add from the other side of that, because that sounds like also those may have been people who weren't really like exploring with you where you are and what you were doing. Um, and so, yeah, it's easy to like tell somebody what cookie cutter type steps or things that they could or should do. Um, but also I think it's important to really listen to where you're at, what you want to do to make sure like what really matters here. Um, so it's good in your instance that you kept kind of like going with how you felt and then making sure that you did figure out what felt right for you or, you know, what actually was going to get you to the next place. Yeah, because people people mean well most of the time. Some of them don't, but like I'll just say that I feel like most of these people who are giving me advice like meant well, but also a lot of their stuff is coming from outdated. Like if they built a business mm. 10 years ago, the industry is so different. The world mm-hmm. is so different. So it's very different. Also, I'm different. I'm not you. So the way you built a business might not work for me. And so really just learning to hone in to your skills and to yourself, because although you can have a team and all that, a lot of it is really you being in alignment with yourself and your vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And then um, the last one, and I feel like Lexi and I talk about this so often, but it's relationships matter. They are so important. And when building a, building a business, it's important to build relationships with integrity. 
and that are really authentic and that aren't always coming from a place of like, hey, can like I need you to do this or like when you're trying to build relationships from people, it's always from a real needy place or can you help me? Can you do this? Like always work on givers gain, always work on how you can provide value to people or even just be friends with them and then see what comes from that because mm-hmm. every single client I've ever had on in holistically dope has come from a relationship like somebody recommending me and that is either you know through a primary connection or one of their connections like through the theory of weak ties Mm -hmm. that you talk about a lot um but it all started from a place of like building these relationships um would you say that most things have come from a one-off like the not one off but like a first degree connection or second degree Mm -hmm. I would say most of them are second so that's what, isn't that what the theory of weak ties is? Mm-hmm. It's like most most opportunities don't come from your actual person. It's from someone like a, one of their that connections. Yeah, that they mm-hmm. know. Like when I think about it, it's usually, yeah, all been second degree connections. Yeah. Um, and then with relationships too, um, you know, it's not. it doesn't even have to be about clients, but hasn't there probably been relationships where you've been able to help somebody with something or like you see their stuff take off or grow um, and or like peer to peer type stuff where it's like even other people being able to help you or work with you is all so valuable and you never know, um, you know, what these connections can lead to. But it's important to just basically like respect everybody and, you know, to be open to everybody um, around you. Yeah. And I think the coolest part about having these connections is just like when you build these big connections with people, sometimes they're able to see opportunities in certain places that you can't see because you're mm-hmm. so close to your work mm-hmm. or they hear about stuff that you don't hear. So then it just expands your vision and helps you build in a whole new way. Yeah, definitely that. And yeah, sometimes you learn something that can completely like make something easier or be like, oh, shoot, I was about to do this the hard way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's always good to, like, have other people um, kind of being in your corner who you can talk to about what you're doing as well. Um, mine are kind of based in some of the same things. Like we said at the very beginning, relationships are one of the biggest things about business. And I would say that for me, having been a business owner for 10 years, I haven't been in business before that because I started it from being a student. Um, so I was in grad school. Before you graduated or after? After I graduated, okay. um, I started my business technically, but I was starting to work with people while I was still in school. Um, but like in business, like I don't have no other place like I really worked or like, you know, dealt with corporate type stuff or anything like that. Um, so for me, I I would say that the whole thing has been a crazy like learning journey, uh, trial and error. Um, most of the things I learned about business, I did not get an MBA. Um, most of the things I learned about business came from... Um, I would say podcast about business specifically. So doing a lot of research in that way. Um, and then a lot of talking to other people as well. So I would definitely say you don't have to go to business school to be good in business. No, you don't. Um, but it is helpful. Like you do have to do lots of research and lots of work to learn. Um, so I'll say one of the most important lessons that I've learned in business. Um, and this one is one that's allowed me to grow, which is a key thing, right? Like we said anybody can be in business or have a business, um, make enough for yourself or, um, you know, just do something comfortable that's going to add to your income or whatever. Um, but in order to grow any business, you have to learn how to delegate. You have to be uh, good at delegating because you cannot do everything by yourself. And when you are um, doing everything by yourself or most things by yourself, there's going to always be a certain ceiling where you can't get any further than that. Um, and that's when you start feeling like burnt out and it's like, dang, I'm not making enough to be this burnt out, but I can't do more. 
Um, if you're a business owner, you've probably gone through that at some point um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of your, of your journey, if not now. Um, and so building a team around in a few ways around the expertise. So having other people on who might be better at strategy than I am or who have a different experience than I do, um, who, are, who is an actual graphic designer and not me trying to you know, do stuff in Canva or whatever. Um, I would say in areas uh, where somebody can do the things that you don't want to do, if there's things that are um, maybe admin type tasks or tasks that are monotonous, you can always get somebody else to do those things. Um, and all of that frees time off your plate. So in business, you should definitely, definitely delegate as much as you can. Um, and that might be scary at first. So you can start with just like a virtual assistant look into something like Upwork where you can find folks at all different kind of price points and in different areas to help. Uh, but if you start small, as you start to have more free space, uh, you can use that to actually do more to bring in more money. And so that's how it kind of like works for you. Um, and as you're able to make more, you can bring on more help and you'll see how that helps you to do better work and to bring in more work. So it is worth it, even though it is a little bit of an investment at first, um, but it makes a big difference in the long run. How was it like how did you let go of that control in order to like actually let people work on stuff well it it was harder when it came down to um the work work itself and by that i mean like when i first got a virtual assistant they like changed everything off top because i was like oh shoot like you know somebody can help do a lot of these things but of course i was still the one doing like the work and strategy and social media and digital marketing and all of that um harder was bringing people in to take on some of that work but i it wasn't hard to do it wasn't so hard after um i brought in people once i saw how good they were and i was like oh i like how you're thinking differently than me and doing things differently and all of that like none of that was um uh what's the word threatening or anything like that to me um i was excited by that like oh wow like fresh a fresh mindset to this stuff because i'm looking at everything the same kind of way um and at that point it's kind of about working alongside them and then realizing like okay they know how they're doing this they have their own methods whatever we're in line with things um and realizing like i just have to touch base with that person and they can you know run with everything then it was like oh this is great because now again i have all this time so it's really about the right people too, um, having the right skills and being able to work with them well. Um, and of course, like the meeting deadlines, things like that. Um, and so I'm just so thankful because I want to say like I hit the jackpot with a couple of people on my team. And also, though, I think about the fact that I have probably hired like 20, like literally like 20 people before that. You know what I mean? So it, it takes a long time. Um, and I, I have grown to understand what things were my fault as far as like, oh, I wasn't clear on a structure for this mm. or I wasn't clear on tasks or a deadline or didn't have check-ins and stuff, you know? Um, so I think the combination of finding the right people and also having learned a lot of those things um, to make that process work is probably part of that journey with delegating. Oh yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, my next one is just as easy as it might start to be to delegate, you got to be able to let people go. You got to be able to take quick action. So taking quick, decisive action is going to be the second uh, most valuable lesson that I think that I've learned. Um, and by that, I just mean you can't just let things keep going and going and hope that they change, uh, hope that they get better. So if you have somebody you're working with who's just not getting things done on time, um, if you are working with a colleague who it, they blow you every time y'all talk or have a meeting and they have an attitude all the time or 
you know, any issues there. Even if you have a client or are working um, for somebody in a capacity where they're just overbearing or, you know, it's like, oh, well, uh, what can I get for this $2? Or, you know, like they're maybe overly cheap or, you know, you, you know when you start to get those feelings, right? Like Carly talked about trusting your intuition when it comes to these processes. And this is about recognizing like when people act a certain way and it bothers you, takes you off your game or uh, affects you negatively in any way, being able to like not let that fly, just, hey, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to let you go. Or yeah, I don't think we should work on any more projects. Or even for a client, I am um, only in the last year have I felt comfortable, I guess probably because I felt like I had enough options and money coming in where I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to terminate you as a client because uh -huh. I can't get my job done because you're not doing your part or you're not you know, contributing in a way that, that we can do what we need to do for you. Um, or if, hey, uh, you 30 days late on paying us, we gotta stop. Like, we gotta pause working with you. Um, or for one one client, we got done with a, a project that had a time on it. Um, and she was like, well, what does it look like to keep going and doing things? And it just wasn't a project. It's like, there's no impact here. You know, it's kind of just like just doing stuff, but it's like, whatever. Um, it's like, hey, I'm sorry, but um, you know, our, our plate is full for the rest of the year. So we're not gonna be able to keep going with you. We don't need to take you on. Um, so being able to pay attention to results and those things that bother you and just like, stop, like you gotta go, especially with hires. Because just like I said earlier, like I had people on my team for way too long sometimes um, and thought it was helpful, but really it was just like me doing more behind them or having to direct them overly, or, you know, it's just like more trouble than it's worth. Um, so for anything that's more trouble than it's worth, make a quick decisive action. Yo, our money is not good money. Yeah, it's really not. Oh, and you got to be real it's careful really not. about what you accept because it'll just beget more of yeah. whatever you bring in. Last year, I even I took on a project where a lady was, she had a budget. She was paying us 7K a month, um, but she had all these like stipulations and all these things. And I was like, mm, this ain't really going to fly, I don't think. Like her product was dropping like the week after she started talking to us and we were like, but there's nothing we can do that fast. Make sure we have this much time. But then meanwhile, it's like, hey, it's starting today. What can we do? What can we do? And it's like, we already tried to express to you that it's going to take some time. But yeah, like I knew I should have been like, this isn't a line. Um, and I took it anyway and definitely made that bread. And she definitely got results, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the best match of a client for us, I would say. Um, last question for this part is, how do you know the difference between like when you should take quick decisive action or like someone might just be going like if you have a, have a hire like what's the difference in like someone who you would give a chance to or someone who you're like actually mm -hmm. that's the line to so you need to sniff it communication mm -hmm. um so i've had i've worked with folks who can com will communicate and say hey i'm sorry like i have this extra project um, if they're in school or something i have this extra project right now um so i might be a little behind on something or um, I even have people now, that's why I'm like, I love the people I work with right now, uh, who just messaged me the other day, like, hey, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, does, has this already started? And, and it's something that I, they were like, I know we're waiting on the contract, so I didn't know. I just want to make sure I'm ready. And I was like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> you you getting ready, but we're not there. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have it for you. But then there's folks who, um, if you need something revised, is, oh, well, I thought that was good. Okay, but that doesn't matter. I need you to revise it. Like, you know, like, I don't need to talk back. I don't need to be a defensive. Um, there, I've had people where I, like, have to email them 500 times to get a response on something. Mm. So I would really say communication um, is the key. And a lot of times, 
I was going to say most time, but not a lot of times, um, communication and people listening and caring enough to get stuff done is more valuable than like how much skill or like education around the actual thing that they're doing is. Um, so yeah, that's always more helpful for me. No, that's a great, great delineation. And then my third valuable lesson, I would say, and this is more like actually about business would be to always remember to keep your audience first. So by that, everything that you do should speak to the person that you want uh, to work with, um, that you want to have as a client or as a partner or whatever it might be. And I'm saying that because there's been so many times and uh, in my business journey, and I think a lot of other people too, where it's like, they'll be like, dang, I want to work with bigger clients or I want to do something in this space or, you know, there's something different, some other place they want to be. But then if you look at all your stuff, it's like, well, you're making products that would be for people who only make, you know, have X amount of disposable income, or you are, um, not making case studies that would show, you know, a bigger client, like what kind of work you can do on that scale that you want. Um, a good example of this for, is um, like with Damo and how he'd be like, okay, I want to, I don't want to do any more camera operating. So I'm not taking any more of the jobs. I'm only doing this. And so I start to only show my work as an AC or my work as a DP. And then I get more of those DP jobs. So I would definitely say that the messaging on your websites, um, even the way you network with people, even the way you talk about what you do, mm -hmm. all of that, you have to make sure like you're talking to uh, the person that you actually want to be working to. Um, and I think a lot of times we are making products or, or have verbiage that like speaks to like, um, solopreneurs instead of big brands, like if that's who you actually want to work with. And so check all of that, um, and make sure that your work is speaking to what you want to do. So it sounds like the first part of that is to actually figure out what you want to do. Like who, who exactly is your person you're working with or what lane? Yeah, exactly definitely. I mean, definitely know that you have to. So in order to be successful, you should know like who your audience is. Um, and then you need to make sure that you are speaking to them, that you are helping them, that you are, everything is about them, um, about that particular audience. No, that's, that's a great one. And I love Damo's example too, because, you know, he's not necessarily a business person, like in, in owning something like that, but he is in what he does in his career. Yeah. That's, that's business for him. Like, mm -hmm. so business in that industry looks like that. And even in, um, with our work. So when we had kind of a revamp in 2020, um, that's when we spent that summer of COVID making specs. And that was us saying like, okay, we had more spending our own money to create um, content. So like we went to Silver Lake and um, we did casting and we were filming and like to make cool shorts and to make some interesting things um, that can actually show like, hey, we can do content production, but we had to make our own stuff first mm -hmm. so we can uh, use that as our examples for those folks. Um, I can't keep showing, you know, a certain level of work or certain things to bigger people and expect that to match up. Um, so that's also another investment. Um, I think all of mine, well, the delegating and like, Kind of some of the things you might have to do to showcase or get ahead and, and connect with your audience have to do with investment um, in your own business and in yourself as well so um, you really have to take a look at that to see what makes the most sense but all of those things i mean it's investment because it brings that money back so that allows you to 
um, do bigger things and work with bigger audiences. I think a lot of times people get scared, like, oh, I don't have money. And then you try to penny pinch and not really mm-hmm. invest in those. And that's where you kind of lose because those investments, like you you don't gain anything by being cheap. And I say that not just because you out here throwing money around, but for things like that, you know, you had to do that. You're repositioning your business. You're doing these things. You have to show people what you can mm-hmm. do. You don't have the opportunity. You got to spend it yourself. Yeah. And everything just needs to have a purpose, too. So if you have a plan for how you're going to use things to uh, further yourself and see that progression, then, OK, cool. It makes sense. Um, but definitely when it comes to like money, I think in investing, uh, similar to how you were kind of talking about earlier as well. And some of the examples I use, like, yes, you may be on Canva and doing all of the things. Um, and you do, there are times where you might need to pick and choose, like, where do you need to do what you have to do? Um, but make sure that even if you can identify one space where that can grow, if it doesn't involve you like to involve other people. Um, and then, like we say, like as more and more comes in, then you start to replace like, OK, instead of Canva, I can get the, you know, somebody else to do this. Um, instead of me doing this, I can get somebody else to do that. And you just keep slowly re- like placing yourself out. Um, my organization chart a couple years ago had it was like me, 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 you know, other people in there. But it was a lot of me, me. I'm actually really doing this. I'm actually really doing this. Right. So at least I started out by like putting all the positions that we need, even if I'm the brand manager here, the brand manager here, this and that. Um, but over time, like those things have gotten, I've replaced myself to now I ain't gonna hold y'all. Uh, even my operation manager was looking at the other day. I was like, man, let me change my schedule about this meeting. She's like, you don't got nothing on your calendar. Cause like now I'd be like, I'm kind of chilling while everybody else is like doing a lot of work. So, um, it's like, all right, well, let me at least do my part and make sure I'm making these phone calls and doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, but also it's nice to be able to like have some chill time and make money, right? It doesn't have to equate in a way where, um, oh, I'm only making money if I'm like grinding myself, you know, and, and killing myself over over the work. So I think the key and the point and place where we want to get to is to be able to have leisure time and make all of this work as well. Um, and that's just like a process. Yeah, and that's with any type of business that you have, because if you don't have those people like built in either, you know, virtual assistants or people who actually work for you, employees, then you end up spending all your time doing the everyday basic work and you Mm -hmm. can't grow. You can't grow from that position. No, not at all. It's really hard. Um, So I will say done is better than perfect. Trust your intuition. Relationships matter. Delegating, taking quick action and keeping your audience first, like a lot of these also look like life lessons, which we realize as, you know, we're talking about business, but um, in general, like all of this stuff is relevant to life and a good way to actually still with, you know, everyday things move forward. Yeah. Like relationships are mm-hmm. so important. Um, we can all benefit by knowing what we want and being in alignment with that and not stretching ourselves to try to accept things that might not necessarily be in alignment with us, acting more confidently and quickly with things mm-hmm. and like genuinely caring and moving forward yeah for sure so um for all of our listeners this week we hope that those lessons are valuable to you or maybe spark something um and we want you to tell us this week what valuable lesson you've learned in business if you have any stories if there's anything totally separate i mean there's a lot of lessons and i think that um if we thought about it we could probably come up with about 20 more um but we'd love to hear that from you this week so at carly's couch or cc ferris or lextopia um put it in the comments of the post on youtube comments whatever it is and let us know what your valuable lessons are are that you've learned in business yeah we look forward to hearing from y'all and y- y'all been popping in the youtube comments i be seeing yeah, they them do. so <laughs> 
Yeah, they do. I got to um, start going in and replying a little bit more, but I do be seeing them uh, in my email. We actually have a shout out this week. So Yeah. So I'm going to shout out uh, Monique, Miss Picharino and her brand, What We Watch. She was just able to put on her first film festival this past weekend in Los Angeles. Um, and that's no easy feat. She just moved to L.A. 18 months ago. Um, and not only was it the fact that you're putting together a film festival, but I would say the fact that it was so well put together, it was such mm-hmm. great quality, and all the films that we watched were really good films. Sometimes you can go to these and you're like, all right, I don't even know what's going on on this mm-hmm. screen. But all of the films were so beautifully shot, um, had uh, some type of an impact to them. Um, she had the free popcorn and snacks and like candy that was like the regular size boxes of candy and stuff. <laughs> she had an open bar in there, um, a step and repeat for photos. It was really nice. Um, and even though I had just went by myself because she invited me, I saw a couple people that I knew there and met a couple people from offline, you know, the people you see on Twitter, but actually see them in real life. So it was a really great event, and uh, we're so excited to see her kind of running after her dreams and actually catching them. Yeah, so shout out to her. Um, Y'all go check her out. And then this week's question of the week is, Alexia, Mm. what song would you want to be your first dance song at your wedding, assuming you want to get married? With your partner? Yeah. Um, Well, I don't want to have a wedding, so does that... I'm not saying me neither, (laughs) but if you had to, like, what song? Mm. What song would you have? Um, the first one that came to mind was Simply Beautiful, Al Green. What's that? Which song is that? Uh, I gave you my love. Tell you what I do. Okay. <laughs> Look, what? I don't know what song that is. Oh, my God. I love that song. It sounds Hello. cute. I don't know. Um, And I don't want to have a wedding, so I don't I'm sorry. It. I'm going to have to skip this. <laughs> I want to elope, but I thought about it. Why do you want to elope? Um, I don't know I, because if I do no, want to get married, know. I would rather like elope and just be me and my partner. I don't care about the performative ceremony for other people. Like we can maybe have a party for people if we want to at a later date, but I feel like you're making that jump. It's just you and your partner. Um, mm, I mean, it's, marriage is you and your whole village. So <laughs> I mean, I understand that, but I don't feel the need to have a ceremony to okay. to do that. But um, maybe have a party though, because you know that's fine. But um, I thought about this question, actually kept it on there because one of my line sisters, I remember she used to want to have the Pimp and Me by Jay Holiday be her her song oh walking down the aisle. <laughs> I'm doing the most. Who is that? Uh, Which one was that? Oh, man. Kiki. She's going to cuss me out, too. And it's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for your message because I know Janae's about to send it to her. Um, but I, that's what made me keep this question on here because I was like, I don't really feel like this was either one of us, but I really just wanted to share that story because that is so funny to me. Yeah, I don't know. Those are things that I'm I'm not thinking about right now. But also, I don't know. I I will figure it out when the time came. But yeah, I'm not. I don't think that's gonna be happening for me. <laughs> yeah, but if y'all have one, um, hit us. Let us know which one you would want to. Kiki, I'm waiting on that cursed out text message. <laughs> right. Let us know you listen. <laughs> um, and we and Marvel, who is running around like a madman, this whole episode. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.